All right, let's get into it. Our travel guide, our travel expert is here for Talking Travel. Sally Lucas, hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. Now, you, a lot of things you'd like to cover today, so what will, be, what will you be talking about? What will I be talking about? Well, I was in England earlier this year, you may recall, and just by fluke on, on the weekend, there was an article on one of the places I visited, and I thought I'd revisit it, mm-hmm. and it's the Battersea Power Station. Now, everyone might think, why would you go to the Battersea Power Station in London? Funnily enough, a client slash friend told me about it before I went. She said, you've got to go. She said they've just absolutely redone this whole area, which was just a dismal area of mm. London, and you won't believe what they've done. All right, so but we'll look forward to that. It's a spectacular building, absolutely spectacular, and I'll tell you more about that in a minute. All right, plus a whole lot of other stuff. And uh, sort of heading back to the UK, as you said, you kind of saw an article over the weekend that took you back yes. to the power station. Yes, so Mark and I have been talking about this off air. You know, we could be a bit controversial here, Mark, well, we about what we could do. Up. We did. <laughs> no oh, pun you know, intended. <laughs> I did. That was accident. I fell into that. You did. But I know you're about to launch into this one in yeah. the UK that's been done, and you'll give the story. But, but we've got places here that they knock down. I mean, mm. Wanji Power Station. Mm. Somebody get a hold of that thing. Mm. Uh, whoever allowed the power Palais to be de- demolished. Oh, I have fond I'm sorry. memories of the Palais. Hang your head in shame, disgusting individuals. These yes. are the things that people want to see. And yes. in the UK, it took in some outsiders to do it. It did. And isn't that interesting, of course? So, yes, it was a, a, a massive power station, but it, then it sort of had its life that expired and it was just becoming a, a crumbling ruin of, of its former self. It was decommissioned in 1983. <clears throat> and so what happened was that there were all sorts of pa- failed proposals to rejuvenate it, which included it was going to be an indoor theme park, an energy museum, even a new home ground for the London Soccer Club Chelsea FC. In the meantime, though, um, you know, this is it, it at its peak, at its peak, supplied a fifth of London's electricity and one is one of Europe's largest brick buildings. So it became a forlorn site on the River Thames. But then in 2012, as we said, outsiders, a Malaysian consortium bought the 17 hectares site and embarked on this ambitious eight-phase plan to revive it. So not only did they rebuild the power station, transforming it into a mixed use of offices, apartments, 250 shops, restaurants, you name it. There's a park, you're right on the River Thames, there's some lovely restaurants, there's accommodation, there's a hotel. These huge stacks, which I know no one can see, listeners, but if you Google it, it is a magnificent building and it's got four beautiful cream ribbed almost stacks like Doric columns almost mm. and one of those is being called um, I think it was F19 or something, lift, no, lift 109 so they've, they've put this lift in it that takes you right up through the stack to the top where you get 360 de- degree views of London which That's is just, just amazing, again somebody just has to step back and go Here's what we've got. What can it be? I know. And the the, the um, actual chimneys or stacks, they're all 50 metre high, which are pretty big. Mm. They're tall. And they were completely rebuilt in a painstaking three-year process. So, you know, they've restored one of London's most iconic buildings. And, you know, it was architect-designed at the time as well. So it's not like, you know, it was just any old building. It's a beautiful old building. So these are places you can visit. Now it's got its own tube station even now. You're on the Northern Line. Like, they've, it's, it's become so popular and people just now love it because here's another part of London that's opened up and it's not just all about the buildings. They've incorporated, you know, grassed areas, outdoor space, you know. So it's really 
just I, I was just blown away to be quite honest you know to think what you can do with with such an old rundown site and turn it into something quite spectacular and I think too when you're sort of traveling around or looking for places to go these are the type of experiences that you want to go and and, and, and suss out yeah absolutely and, and it's that it's family friendly they've got distractions there for kids like you know an, an indoor crazy golf and there's a whole lot of um, adventure playground and so you can go there with the kids as well or as adults or you know whatever you want there's something there for everyone and I thought that's just something new then that you're adding to London if you've been before like I have over many years I think first time I was in London was 69 so obviously London has don't changed. Th- don't think about how the distance. I know. And, oh gosh, if I'm going to really reminisce, London in those days, like the pub shut at, at two and then didn't reopen until night time. And you used to get these cold pork pies and warm beer. Like it's come a long way. And all the hotels inside, like they didn't have any outdoor areas like we do, mm. like beer guns. Of course, I guess they consider themselves more of a cold country than a warm country so everything was dark and dingy you know but how it's changed like London and so many other cities have remorphed or morphed again and become much better like even the old tubes were just dirty grotty old you know underground but they beautified all that for the Olympics so you got a lot of beautification Mm. happened in London cleaning just cleaning buildings making them putting nice big windows in their pubs and bringing the the light in you know having these small outdoor areas so you know London is such a different place now to the London I first visited they just got a taste for that cosmopolitan vibe and ran with it they did and and look it's it's brought it on in leaps and bounds and it's a very easy city to get around which is one of those plus for London and Hong Kong was like that because originally the British were in Hong Kong and again everything's square and it's, it's mm. not like Canberra everything's in circles but <laughs> true <laughs> but yeah it is an easy city to get around it's got good public transport systems and all that sort of thing so yeah yeah no, that's just another thing to add if you haven't done it when you next go to London and a talking travel our travel guide Sally Lucas here who's uh, Pointing the way towards the future, Sally, we know everything's going digital. I'm, mm. uh, we're actually on the same page on this. You're going to yes. tell us something that we, at the, at the outset, we're not a fan of. No. And I don't know whether our listeners uh, get, you know, the uh, papers on the weekend and they have the travel supplements, of course. So this was actually in the Newcastle Herald travel supplement, I think. Um, and, you know, the big question, should we be having passport-free travel? I'm not sure about that. Mm. I'm not sure. But anyway, travelling through one of the world's best airports, which is Singapore's Changi, um, they're going to be using biometric data without their their own biometric data without the need for passports. But don't stash it away just yet because you'll still need it to get out of Australia and also to get back in. Um, so we, have, we haven't gone that way yet. Um, they're saying the chief advantages of biometric travel are speed and security. And it seems that most of the um, airlines are on board with that. So the International Air Transport Association, or IATA as it's known, found 75% of passengers want to use biometric data instead of passports and boarding passes. I don't know. I still, I'm still not sure. They said it will speed up immigration processing significantly, which is beneficial for frequent and business class travellers who would have to travel for work. And it will also weed out those deemed security risks, they're saying. So, but Doesn't a regular passport do that, though? Like, I mean, you, you rock up and it's like, hang on a minute, you either are the person in the book or you're not. And if, mm. you know... I, yeah, I don't know. Um, 
it was a lady, a professor that they interviewed who's a specialist in biometrics at the University of Wollongong, and she said that the passport-free gates carry the added bonus of being hygienic, that it's frictionless and touchless technology. And I guess, yes, I suppose that that's one comment you could, you could make. Yeah, but you'll be touching things when you're over there anyway. Mm, of like, course, you know, yes. Grab a, you go to a cafe overseas, you grab a can of Coke out of the fridge or the, wherever, you're still going to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, other airports already making the switch is Dubai. One of their terminals there, just only one, Terminal 3 has upgraded its smart smart gate, sorry, to uh, use facial recognition only. And there's similar trials occurring at some airports in the US. Australia is also considering ways to create a more seamless experience. That's what an Australian Border Force spokesperson told the paper. Um, And like Singapore and the United Arab Emirates, they're looking at contactless processing using biometrics, which would allow passengers to cross the border at a smart gate without needing to take a passport out of their pocket. Now, I'm just wondering what happens uh, when the system goes down. When computer systems do go down... Well, look at Optus. Yeah, it happens. Uh, yeah, the whole system crashes or something goes wrong or one of the banks, you know, you can't withdraw your mm-hmm. money suddenly and they want us to be cashless. We've gone down this path before mm-hmm. you and I. Yeah. I still believe we, we need to have some cash. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, I mean, technology's great, but I, think, I often wonder whether it goes too far sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and... I, I just think it's a bit big brotherish. No. I, I don't know. It's, and, and I can't um, believe I'm actually going being the more soft touch on this than you. I would normally love to fire on this, but yeah. we're all on the same page. Look, it, it, it probably will happen at some point. At some point. The bottom line is at the moment, you'll still need your passport as a backup for quite some time. Um, you know what I mean? So you won't be able to travel without it, I'm sure, for quite a while yet. Like it might be 10 to 15 years mm. before it comes in everywhere. So there'll be some of it happening. be interesting to see whether how everybody does come on board with it. There also is the romanticism of the passport itself, is oh, there yeah. not? Yeah. Oh, look, as I was saying to you off air, Mark, you know, I've got all my old passports from when I first started in the industry, you know, way back in the late 60s. And, you know, to look through them and see your stamps and you, sometimes you forget mm. where you've been or what year you've done it or whatever, you know, just flick back through my passport and and it brings back memories. Well, I don't think it's the same if it's on your phone and half the time, you know, you, you're you going to look at it on your phone? Well, just or? look, look even just photographs. We 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 take far more met, more photographs now that we have the phone. We've got a zillion in there. None of them mean a damn thing to us as opposed to looking through a photo album. album. When mm. I got my 12 and 24 down to the Photoshop and, you know, some yeah, of them had yeah, the red eye. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there is that romanticism about things yes. that are more tangible. But it's like me with a book. I still prefer to read a book than, than do a, an audible. But that's yeah. just me because I'm really fussy about whose people's voices I like. To listen to that's true that's true um, and, and with a book it's completely your own imagination yeah and i love that i love using my imagination to you know let it run wild and try and picture what's being told or related to me in the book so i'm still a hard book person i take them with me and yeah like people like their kindles or they like their podcasts and all that but i'm a bit of an old-fashioned girl at heart i guess Talking travel is the name of the game. Our uh, travel guide, Sally Lucas, is here. And uh, Sally, I know you've been looking over those hot deals. You've got uh, probably more than you can poke a stick at today. Yes, and and, and, exactly right, Mark. I don't think I'll get through them all. Um, Go to you can't be bothered to talk anymore. How about that? I'll just keep going. 
Um, North Cape Express, this is a voyage that Hertie Gruten does, that wonderful uh, Norwegian uh, shipping company that is a base of, um, you know, cargo, freight and passengers, not luxury cruise line vessels, but fantastic, which is what we did the coast with. And, of course, you've got to remember Norway is one of the most spectacular countries in Scandinavia because it has so many fjords and it's just so stunningly beautiful. It's an endless backdrop of natural beauty, whether it's Arctic sunsets or the magical northern lights or whatever. So, anyhow, if you book by 24 December, unless sold out prior, you have savings amounts based on twin share occupancy sorry on selected sailings between 1 april 24 all the way through to the end of march 2025 you can get up to 45 percent off their classic round trip their voyage of discovery a lot of their norwegian voyages how beautiful would that be so if you've still got that on your, sure. your bucket list that is a really great saving up to 45 percent magnificent um and i'm still sticking with some uh other lovely reductions here. This is the Maldives Overwater Bungalow promotion is happening at the moment. So if you book between now and the 30th of December and you travel next year between 1 May and 31 July, you're getting all sorts of reductions at a range of different resorts in the Maldives. They'll all include seven nights accommodation, Mm -hmm. your speedboat or sometimes they might be seaplane or whatever, but transfers from the Amena um, airport of Malé. All your meals, all taxes included, and some of them have even got a meal uh, upgrade available, day-use rooms and all sorts of uh, um, upgrades available. These start from roundabout for your seven-night all-inclusive package from a touch over $3,000 up to as high as you can want to go, depending on the deluxe resort, you know, the standard of the deluxe resort you're going to. But still great savings. Um, Pernod, the French cruise company, they've got an extra 10% on over 200 departures if you book until the 2nd of January. So that's giving me a little bit of time to do that mm-hmm. one. Um, and there's a range of theirs, again, doing Antarctica or getting up into the Nordic area, even in Micronesia, Japanese subtropical islands, a whole range of lovely cruises, even through New Caledonia, Malta, um, and even along Australia's south coast. New Zealand, sub-Antarctic islands, transarctic, a whole range. They've got such a wonderful range of itineraries available. And our own WA, 2024 on sale. Now, there's lovely packages here available to various different regions within WA. Uh, just a four-night package to Broome, for example, from just over $500, which is four nights accommodation, a one-bedroom apartment. You're getting your lovely sunset camel ride, which is just something you've got to do on Cable Beach. I know it sounds a bit kitschy, but it is It is great i loved it um and you, you also get all sorts of other inclusions there's one a 12-day northwest self-drive gib river road adventure how good would that be you've got your 12 days car hire with avis and all your accommodation included in that with all sorts of visitors passes it's staying in homesteads in equestro Kalinara, look wonderful <laughs> itinerary that starts from just under three and a half thousand and they've also got lots of lovely packages into Kalinara. El Questro, Broome to Darwin, a Kimberley cruise with Coral Expeditions. That's saving up to a thousand. Uh, uh, 1500 per person on that one and even doing Exmouth and Ningaloo Reef if you've got that on your bucket list to swim with the whale sharks what a wonderful thing absolutely um, amazing stuff yeah my husband son and daughter-in-law have done that while I stayed at home and looked after the dogs so I missed out but never mind they said it was absolutely spectacular so if you've never done that and your whale sharks are there usually between Mar- uh, March and August or your humpbacks between June and October even if you wanted to do that and lastly but not least 
obviously you've got a promotion to Tahiti which has been extended now from the end of November to the 15th of December where you've got savings of up to 8700 per couple depending on the resort of course mm. on lots of different packages there until sold out so there's still lots out there and there's still lots happening going into 2425 Look, lots there, and uh, again, another couple of weeks of Talking Travel coming up. We'll have Greg with you next week, Sally, and I'm sure you'll be enjoying uh, getting into those all of those deals that'll be uh, making their way across the landscape for Christmas. I know, I can't believe we've only got two weeks left of our programs. Where's that year gone? (laughs) Good question. It's gone. (laughs) Bye. You know, (laughs) yeah, no, it's been... Yeah, so thanks, Mark. Thanks for you uh, looking after me for most of the year. It's been great. Everybody's got to be somewhere. I would be here anyway. Yeah, so um, I guess I've got to wish you happy Christmas. And see you yeah, next year. I do, yeah, but uh, Greg will have you the next couple of weeks. Yes, that he's, but I won't see you. No, no, that's no, okay. No. All right, thanks, Sally. Have a great uh, couple of weeks. Thank have you. a great Christmas as well.